We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is WEEI Late Night with KJ Carson on WEEI. This was a wasted year in 2022, and I'm sure it felt that way for the coaches as well when they would work their asses off and go to the games and the mistakes were being made that were mind-numbing. And I mean, whether you're Cam Acord or Nick Cayley or Troy Brown, so many things happened that you could not have possibly have coached, and then it happens, and you're like, why did they not get that? That's do I have to tell people not to flip it over their shoulder in an end of game? <laughs> right, I mean, exactly. You have to explain that, and apparently you did. So it, it was—it's just a lost year. And again, like you guys said at the outset, it's—it's it's a good day to know that there is a path back out that has been at least set a course correction. The second hour of Late Night, WEEI with KJ. Thank you so much for being here. Week's almost over. Um, But the week has started off good for Pats Nation. Bill O'Brien is brought in to solidify, well, actually rectify, a very rectal situation with the offensive play calling that went on last year. And from a Belichick perspective, I think it was Belichick really getting control of the room again. Right, because at the end of the day, he's got his guy. He keeps his culture. And sometimes, you know, young players don't take to younger guys who are trying to get them in a disciplinary role. And and and, and I think the biggest problem of why Judge and Patricia could not cut through to some of these younger guys is because these guys were able to see how bad their head coaching teams were when Judge was running the Giants and Patricia running the Lions. Like, I think there's just this level of like, oh, oh, come on, bro. Man, you were running a team that was just garbage. You know, like, how you going to run offense and you couldn't even run a full team? You know, like, so not saying that these are the words that were said, but clearly some of those emotions started to trickle out. And now Belichick can at least bring somebody in the room who they'd say, you know what? This guy help us, you know, make it to make it, you know, this guy helped take, help take us to the Super Bowl as the coordinator. Okay, that's better than this guy over here. <clears throat> so I think sometimes, and, and and this is even really true in, in real life, is you put somebody young in front of other young people and try and tell them this is how to be disciplined or what to do, even if they, you know, they have the knowledge. They'd be like, dude, my brother is as old as you. So sometimes people want discipline, and maybe that's why you hear a lot of coached hard, coached hard. 
They want to be coached hard. Um, I think part of it, the other side, I don't think they weren't coached hard. I think it was just the level of did they have any respect. And, and I think part of it plays into social media, what we say here in the media as well. You know, the jokes about, you know, I, if you infamously may remember here on Late Night where I did the offensive coordinator dating game and it was offensive, where the two dating candidates was Joe Judge when he was in charge of the Giants. They had their two worst offensive seasons since 1980. And I can barely remember 1980. And then Matt Patricia had Matt Stafford. Soon as Patricia's gone and Matt Stafford leads Detroit, Stafford wins the Super Bowl. So when you have those guys in the room and then you're trying to teach young guys how to succeed in this league, they don't believe you. It's like pitchers or it didn't happen. <laughs> and that's kind of where Patricia and Judge found themselves. Now, in fairness to them, they were only asked of what Bill asked them to do. Is there, Are they going to tell Bill no? Or are you going to say, I can't handle it? And, you know, they they went they went through the fire for Bill. And it will be rewarded generously down the road, just can't be done with the offensive side of the ball right away. So Bill has gotten his culture back, which was starting to kind of leak a little. Players were talking out more than they did in the past. Things that were happening that you didn't see before, nip that in the bud, right? Because if you've got the guy you want in there, he's got the experience. You can't say you don't know who Bill O'Brien is at all if you're Mac Jones, because at least you guys were passing ships in the night at Alabama. So you know each other a little bit. If not, your head coach used to employ him so they can talk. You're kind of surrounded with responsibility and accountability. And there's no room for error for Mac Jones to not. How can I misput this? If Mac Jones further regresses, then nobody, I don't believe anybody will say it was the coaching he was getting now. Right? The excuses are no longer built in. So while I don't think last year was a complete waste, because keep in mind, the team is one game away. Literally, if they win that Raiders game, then that game that they play against Buffalo, which I call the emotional season finale, a loss wouldn't have mattered because you just would have played Buffalo again the following week. And maybe you'd have some things up your sleeves. That could have happened. So that's why I don't say this past season was a total waste. It was just a very tough conversation to have about what was going on with this team in terms of the quarterback, the quarterback situation. What is the, you know, the offensive line? You know, so there were there are a lot of things that were questioned about, but the season wasn't a complete throwaway. If you want to give me a, a throwaway seven and nine season from 2020, that was a throwaway where you knew that wasn't the quarterback of the future and you knew that's not how you wanted to play football. It was more of a throw-it-into-the-turf season, not a throwaway season. No, that was – yeah. well, you could – oh, that's good. That was good. I I give you a little soccer clap, you know, on the pitch where you make a nice pass even though if I miss the goal. Yeah, that was – that's how bad that season was. And it was acceptable because even though there were some people like, how can you go with Cam? It was just – it was a stop bridge from one one stop to the other. But Mac Jones is supposed to be that other stop. And so year three with a third coordinator. But the good thing is coordinator number three has some similarities to coordinator number one, and that should help him. So there should not be a regression. There should be progress. I don't know if buying uh, high-end receivers are going to solve the issue if you know or don't know yet if the guy can clearly see the field when things are moving quick and fast at him. 
So it, it, if you're just looking at some of the things that go on with Mac in terms of like his accuracy, it's been fairly good. I give it to him, right? Like, so it's not like his accuracy has been worse. It towards the end of the season, um, it got better because of the short passing, and so that kind of throws off the totals there. Um, but he had more drop balls this year than he did in 2021. But had almost 30 less bad throws last year than he did in 2021 in his rookie year, right? And so pretty much on target about the same amount percentage-wise, 75% of the time. And what I like is he's throwing the ball away more. Like, look, I'd rather you throw it away and play for another down than to sit there and try and be a hero when you don't have the, the hero skills just yet. And then with Mac facing the pressure, uh, they, they pressed him a little more this year. They they didn't blitz him as much, right? He was blitzed twice as much in 2021 because he's a rookie than he was last year. So even defenses know, like, okay, you may not want to blitz him because now you're putting his receivers into man-to-man situations and the guy can throw a nice ball when it's on target. <laughs> that's That's the other part. The only bad thing is the yards from scrimmage way down. Like, you know, at least when he was throwing the ball, at least you're, you're like, maybe you complete it and you stop right there. You only got three more yards for first. Here it's like, okay, you do that again and hopefully you get the first down. So, you know, Mac has some things that he has to work out that are all solely going to be on him and not so much on Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien kind of has like a free pass this year when it comes to it. So uh, Dan Orlovsky was on with... uh Mego, Fitzy, and Hart today. I guess this is all the kind of get all your days in before Jones gets here on Monday. Um, talking about how long it may take for Bill O'Brien and Mac to click. Mac will play very good football early on next season. Very good football. I was, I was, I've been high on Mac Jones since I called some of his games at Alabama. Truthfully, when I called games at Alabama, I did not feel he was a first round pick because I was like, we're in this era of runaround, you know, freakazoid athletes at quarterback. Then I studied Mac. And so all the levels of talent he had or traits that he had that were perfect for ideal quarterback play as long as he was in the perfect system. And then you watched him play and wait, and stop that. Year. Stop stop it. As long as he's the perfect in the perfect system and plays perfect. It's called improvisation. <laughs> the league thrives now on improvisation because you're perfect is just showing how it's done right on film, and then you prepare for the to get them off of their spot, and suddenly they're not perfect. And if you're talking about, like, well, if they're disastrous when they're not perfect, then they're more likely to be disastrous than they are perfect. I'll give you an example. Like, 100% is perfect. Every number below it, below it is not perfect. <laughs> not even so, 99.99. There you go. So you've got 99 numbers that say this isn't perfect, and you've only got one number that says this is perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nothing is perfect. Even ivory soap is only 99 and 44 one hundredths pure. That ain't even pure ivory. Don't ask me how I remember that. Well, I do know how I remember that. Next, I'll talk about, okay, well, where does Mac Jones fit in in the dynamic of AFC quarterbacks now with some changes happening? And wh- what level can Bill O'Brien get him to next season? That's next here on WEEI. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. All right, Joe Braverman, go ahead and trend. Your home of the 
socks. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. The Celtics and Bruins are both off tonight, but they'll be back in action tomorrow. For the Seas, they'll try and rebound from back-to-back losses as they host the New York Knicks from the TD Garden. Marcus Smart is going to miss his third straight game as he continues to deal with a right ankle sprain. Tip-off for that game will be set for 7.30. The Bruins were the first team to reach 80 points last night after their 4-2 win in Montreal, which, by the way, KJ, they're 14 points clear of the next best team in the NHL. That is dominance. Well, well, here's the thing. When we start quoting these different things and that they may end up with more points than the 77 uh, Canadians with Guy Lafleur and those guys that made the run that stopped the Bruins from really stepping into any type of dynasty in the mid-70s. Don't get me on the history portion of it. My concern is all this sounds really good unless you got to face Tampa in the second round and possibly the Hurricanes in an Eastern Conference final. Get through those, and then we could go back and talk about that stuff. It's Stanley Cup or bust at this point, despite what the numbers are. Well, speaking of Tampa, that's where the Bruins are going to be tomorrow night as they continue their five-game road trip against the Lightning. Puck drop is set for 7 o'clock. Some Patriots news. Bill Belichick has added new hire Bill O'Brien to the coaching staff of the East-West Shrine Bowl that features the best high school players in the nation. O'Brien will join Belichick and Gerard Mayo in a supervisor role. Offensive and defensive staff will have Troy Brown, Ross Douglas, Mike Pellegrino, and Brian Belichick. You know, with these, because here's the crazy thing. Now with with players being able to declare for the draft early, some of these players are going, like some of the best players are going to miss this game. So it doesn't have the oomph of like, when I remember I was a kid watching Hugh Douglas and Dan Marino were in the game. Now those two guys would be blue chip, you know, top 10 picks. They're not going to be in there blowing some type of knee or tweaking an ankle. So enjoy third rounders. (laughs) For the most part. Well, you got a third-round team, according to the record. <laughs> Shrine, the Shrine Bowl will take place from Las Vegas a week from tomorrow. Other NFL news, Patrick Mahomes did practice for the Chiefs today and has once again stated that he intends to play in the AFC Championship against the Bengals as he deals with a high ankle sprain. In the NFC, 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan says he doesn't expect to have quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo this weekend. And also running backs Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell and wide receiver Debo Samuel did not practice today out of an abundance of caution. The AFC and the NFC Championship game can be heard Sunday right here on WEEI via Westwood One. And NFL award finalists were announced today. For MVP, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, and Patrick Mahomes were the five finalists. For Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, and Micah Parsons. And for finalists for Coach of the Year, Brian Dayball, Doug Peterson, and Kyle Shanahan. The winners will be announced at the NFL Honors on February 9th. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guess who he signed? Brock Osweiler. Mm-hmm. Game 72 million. Mm-hmm. And then guess who he traded? Traded D-Hop for a running back. Man, Brock Osweiler lasted long in, the ship, uh, in Houston and skipped in the military. Mm-hmm. And Skipper didn't go to the military. Mm-hmm. He, he terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Skip. I was long-winded. He terrible. And he ain't going to make no difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Late night, W-E-E-I. It's KJ Carson, thanks for being here. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Remember, I have some news for you here in about 20 minutes. That was Shannon Sharp. How can you mistake? Uh, on his thoughts on Bill O'Brien and some of the executive decisions he's made, and that Shannon Sharp doesn't really feel like there's nothing, no value added to Bill O'Brien coming to the Patriots for Mac Jones. And in the last break, I said, well, what it does do is it ensures that Belichick has his entire culture enclave back. That what happened last year or last season, it was easier. I think it was just easier for younger players to want to not identify with anything Matt Patricia or Joe Judge, considering the two of them had kind of like head coaching scarlet letters around their neck. Gosh, my English teacher would be proud that I was able to weave in scarlet letter into this profession. I mean, well. scarlet letter Shakespeare earlier in the week. I mean, you are making a lot of teachers proud. This this is a Renaissance man speaking. I'm kidding. Well, no, I'm not. But really, the story is. Can Mac Jones find the inner strength to overcome whatever went on this past season, more so than Bill O'Brien suddenly making him like a beautiful swan? I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think you're going to see that great of an improvement with Mac Jones, and I don't think you'll see too much of a deviation of what the Patriots' offensive game plan has been. Run, 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 then pass. Run, 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 then pass. You know, you don't have Brady back there. So with a defensive head coach, that coach is more likely to think, I want to do more things to protect the ball and eat up clock, give my defense breathers, and try and turn field possession on turnovers from the defensive side. So that says I don't want to see the air, I don't want to see the ball in the air too much. So this is where I believe that Belichick has regained control of the culture that seemed to be Slowly being pulled away from you. You saw that little notice that went out to ticket season holder, season ticket holders, and we are under the process of looking for addressing the offensive coordinating position. Whoa. Sent a letter out like that. Things are changing. But Bill got his guy, a person who's part of his cloth, will be able to allow him to put the pedal to the metal. You even see you you <laughs> Mac Jones even tried to sneeze the wrong way at Bill O'Brien. Four, get in there. <laughs> because they, they they run a test run on that. A test run. Just keep that in mind. Bailey Zappi is a test run of what it may look like if Mac Jones does not, I don't want to say come to heel, but comply. So I say, okay, with the lay of the AFC land, where would Mac Jones fall into the quarterback conversation in 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 the conference now that bill now that bill o'brien is here so i'm like all right well let me go and rank quarterbacks joe tell me if you kind of see where this is or like ah wait till i'm finished okay uh joe burrow one 
Patrick Mahomes too. And keep in mind, that could be contingent on if Joe Burrow wins this game, then he's beaten Patrick Mahomes four straight times. Joe Burrow would be King Don number one of the AFC. Plus, he is the last AFC quarterback to go to the Super Bowl, so I'm going to put him at one. Patrick Mahomes, two. Josh Allen, three. Justin Herbert, four. Lamar Jackson, five. Trevor Lawrence, six. This is how he's moving, okay? Deshaun Watson, seventh. Tua, eighth. Kenny Pickett, ninth. Russell Wilson, 10. Ryan Tannehill, 11. Mac Jones, 12. With the Jets, Colts, Texans, and Raiders, all with vacancies. I mean, <laughs> I just, I'm trying to process that list. I think your top three is like spot on. Like, you know, you could put Burrow, Allen, and Mahomes in any order, and no one would argue it. Deshaun Watson's still kind of up in the air just because I haven't seen enough from him in a long time. So he's seven out of 12. Yeah, but I mean, like, he could go up, he could go down. It depends on, like, when we see a full season. I don't think Mac Jones is, like, the worst quarterback among the teams that have quarterback stability. Okay, so if you had to say right now, I'm going to put on the field Ryan Tannehill or Mac Jones, which one are you doing? I would put Mac Jones. I would put Ryan Tannehill there because he's won playoff games, right? I, I mean, it's just—I'm I'm not saying there's a big chasm or difference, but I can easily see Mac Jones surpassing Ryan Tannehill if Ryan Tannehill doesn't come back to being half of the guy that he's been. Because Ryan Tannehill's been on teams that have won divisions. Now, granted, you might say, "Hey, he's got Derrick Henry back there," but it means he's doing what he's supposed to do. But also, like he lost his job to Malik Willis, and Willis he, was passed he, he, over. He, he didn't. He didn't lose his job to him. He went out with injury, and they saw that. You know what? We're just going to move forward. And Malik Willis wasn't even the quarterback come the final game of the season. So it's still going to be Tannehill's job when he comes back. There's just too much money on the books. But Tannehill and Mac Jones are kind of the discussion. So while Mac Jones isn't the worst quarterback in the AFC, I have him at twelve out of. 12 teams that actually have quarterbacks that don't have vacancies, right? So I presume the Texans will go with a young guy. You'll see what the Jets do. I really don't buy the Jets with with Aaron Rodgers. I think that's just all talk to make New York City just as important. I I would more likely to think that (laughs) the way the Cowboys have treated Dak Prescott over the last few days, even through Twitter, that they may say to to Green Bay, look, you, you take him. We'll give you Dak Prescott because the remaining money on his contract is what you would pay one year to Aaron Rodgers. And one huge contract for another. Yeah. I think Jerry Jones is like, I've only got so many lives. I've only got so many years left and so many more stairs at my Arkansas school to walk up. No, I'm totally kidding. To to see a championship. And if it means giving Aaron Rodgers $60 million to run that team for one year, that's a very Texas thing to do. If you're familiar with how Texas is, they do it real big, and they got their own laws. <laughs> when you go to Texas, they say, "Realize you are in Me- you are in America, but you're in Texas." <laughs> and Jerry Jones might say, "I'll pay him that sixty million dollars for one year to give you Dak's contract at sixty million dollars for like two years, and we'll and we'll eat his cap if you need me to eat, eat his dead cap if you need me to, because once you tweet out from the official site of the team." and call him out by name and say he's the reason why you lost, you're going to take any call 
So Aaron Rodgers could be a cowboy, just couldn't wear number 12. But I don't know how much that matters to him. But then again, Aaron Rodgers is so so self-engulfed that way that he might, well, I can't wear 12. I, I can't be there. You know, like, come on. So, but I don't think it's the Jets either. So I, in terms of where Mac sits in the pantheon of quarterbacks, in the AFC with 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 Bill O'Brien working with him, maybe you could see some Kenny Pickett slippage. He might have some regression going on, but he's got he's got weapons. And this might be the argument some would have that hey, Kenny Pickett has better wide receivers. His third wide receiver is better than the Patriots' best first receiver. But that goes to okay, are you going to make Bill spend? And what Bill may want to spend on? Because remember a couple of years ago, like okay, Bill's finally busting out a checkbook. He paid money for Nelson Aguilar. Think about that. He paid real money for Nelson Aguilar. The John U. Smith thing, oh my gosh. That's a chain hanging on my neck. <laughs> That's got more burdens than Mr. T's back. It's just, whew, burden. So when Bill did spend a little, he didn't really spend. Quality, he got, he got, he got quantity, but he didn't get quality. You know, Devontae Parker says he's ready to come back. It's like, yeah, you only ate half your meal last year. Ty Montgomery, who was supposed to be the James White replacement, went out after one game. It's very Heim Bloomish, you know, like, why are we getting the guys with the band-aids? <laughs> can we get can can at least have just maybe some hidden neospore, not just clear band-aids? But when you're a defensive coach. You, sometimes you just don't super value offensive players. Like name outside of Randy Moss, and I would say Randy Moss was out of relationship and an Antonio Brown just before some of the mental stuff was kicking in. Those are the two all-pro stars that have come to the team, and, and A.B. came because Tom wanted them. So... Over 20 years on the offensive side of the ball, I'd even throw in, oh gosh, what's my guy's name that was uh, that was disenfranchised when he was with Cincinnati? Corey Dillon. When he brought Corey Dillon in, Corey Dillon was still a, a, a high-level pro, all-pro guy in the league. So you're not talking about a coach who says, yeah, I'm going to go get the hot star. Look. I think after Albert Hainsworth, he's like, I'm not doing that again. I know, and I think that was the same offseason like Chad Ochocinco came in. I'm, it's like, but by, by that it's time, the name more than the play. But by that time, his skill set wasn't at an all-pro level anymore, right? I'm talking about when Randy Moss comes, Randy Moss is still an all-pro. When Antonio Brown comes, Antonio Brown is still an all-pro. When Corey Dillon came, Corey Dillon was still all-pro level, but you just weren't seeing it because Corey Dillon was like refusing to play for the Browns. Right, it's like everyone on offense that he had was being developed rather than like you get him at the peak. Like right. Bel- Belichick has only done that a handful of times. Right, now the, the the drafting of Gronk and Hernandez was brilliant, right, because you were then able to kind of change your identity midstream, but also kind of fits into the realm of kind of how Bill would kind of think. Like he's thinking like, I've got a couple of offensive linemen who can go out and catch the ball. <laughs> Like right, more so that. But with Hernandez, you could line him up as a receiver, and then you start doing it with Gronk. And the league hadn't really seen anything like that, probably since the, the Kellen Winslow senior quality. And you had two of those. 
Now, when you try it again with Hunter Henry and John U. Smith, you're kind of like, where'd you go? You were supposed to be everything. Where'd you? And, and, and built, built correctly for Mac Jones' skill set coming into a league. And it just hasn't happened. So that's why I'm like, you know what? I don't know if having a big-time receiver is going to be the answer for Mac Jones when you need quality offensive line. You need probably a second running back more so than star receivers. Because if you have a great line, then your, your receivers don't have to be great. Here's here's more Dan Olofsky, uh on Mego and it was Fritzy and Hart today, I believe, um, saying that, look, Brian Bill O'Brien is ideal for Mac. Here he is. I was wrong. It's not great. It's perfect for Mac. (laughs) Absolutely perfect. This was the hoped uh, ideal situation for Mac. I think number one, Mac is one of those players that he he really needs to be coached very hard. Thumb down, high level of demand, almost an obsession with it. Bill O'Brien is going to bring that. Second thing, a big part of Bill's offense is the vertical pass game. And I don't mean like 60-yard launches downfield. I mean the 15, 20, 25-yard throws, the chunk throws, the three-leveled throws. Mac thrives in that stuff. He wants that stuff. He's got great feel for those. Big part of Bill O'Brien's offense. Third, Bill has always given his quarterbacks great autonomy at the line of scrimmage. Control, get us in and out of the right plays. These looks versus these fronts, we want this. Control the line of scrimmage. Change protection. Get us to certain game plan specific plays. Mac obviously thrives in that, has the great intelligence for that. So when it comes to, and this is what I always say, like we should never have the conversation of is it a good fit? It's the NFL. Does this allow a player to thrive? The absolute answer to that question is absolutely yes. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, Wait a minute now. Be honest as a fan. Would you rather see Mac Jones just have some pocket awareness to be able to step up and throw when he needs to? Or are you excited about him changing plays at the line? Let's be honest. Just be, uh, appreciate that the call that's coming into you is going to work better than the calls that were coming into you last season. Work with that. It, look, all that other stuff is advanced. If you're trying to turn him into a Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, that is very hopeful. But Sometimes they say sometimes you just got it or you or, or you don't and and like I said I just think that Mac is an okay quarterback. Do I see greatness? Not yet. Is it possible? Eh. Uh, possible is a long word. It's got two s's in it, so it stutters inside of it. I mean, it's it's just one of those situations where it's like, can can the fan base be okay with that? This quarterback is a good quarterback, maybe slightly below it. Sometimes will be slightly above it. He's going to have to be in a classic shootout game to be excited about. Like, you're going to have to be in a game with Mac Jones, going to have to throw for like 400, 450 yards, throw like 55 times to win the game late. But you know what that would be? A statement about Belichick's defense. You could get away with that with Brady when Brady could just absolutely just cut like a knife through defenses and just keep going all night long. With this quarterback, uh-uh. Let's get to 17. Pray we get to 21. So all that stuff, calling stuff at the line and changing plays and going to the third level, uh, let's just go ahead and master levels one and two first. Let's not try to find the hidden door in Zelda just yet. 
This offense is going to be dependent on the run game, the defense. It's going to be 2021 all over again. You may see more of a bigger piece, a bigger name star on the defensive end show up, say, on the defensive line. You know, Matthew Judon was kind of, I don't know if he was joking or serious, trying to get Aaron Donald to come. But Bill is probably going to say, hey, I still have the cachet that if a top-notch defensive player who I believe can get something done, based on what I already have now, I'm more likely to go get that than to go chase a receiver who may have... Look, I mean, Stefan Diggs is supposed to be the perfect fit in Buffalo until <laughs> he started going off on Josh Allen last week. They say they say pressure makes diamonds, or or it could just be a big lump of coal. Because right now, that's what Buffalo's holding right now, coal. Still not, still doesn't even know what a Lombardi trophy feels like. Still still doesn't even know the, 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 the even what a cutout of it feels like. They went and got him a star receiver. I just think that the Patriots are an organization that says, you know what? We won six Super Bowls with no star receivers. We won it with an, an unbelievable quarterback, but we believe that we have a formula that can at least build ourselves back into being a playoff contending team, winning a couple of games in the playoffs, right? Because at this point, I think the fan base is like, can, can you get to the playoffs, win a game, and then depending on who the second opponent is, either compete well or win that game and get to the AFC Championship, and then suddenly you feel like you're on your way to something, and I would say yes. Then that might be where the free agent star receiver says, you know what, if they had me, they would have won it, and I will go there you know, to help them get over the hump. Because Bill Belichick still has great relationships with players all over the league. And if you know how the locker room works, the most important person in the locker room are the elders. So if Bill's been around forever, he knows all the elders virtually of every team for the most part. So they they know what they're dealing with. They know what it's like to be able to have a career once you get past the four years and you get into the six and seven years and you can still perform at a high level. You, you, have you ever heard Belichick talk about like a great player that's only like in their second year? He's always talking about those guys who have been in at least six, seven years. Oh, this is what he does well. This is it's, it's the type of player that, you know, any team would be lucky to have. Da, 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 Just da, bring da, up Lawrence Taylor and he'll go on a 20-minute tangent about him. Well, well he should. <laughs> he should. I saw Lawrence Taylor play when I was a little kid when he was in college. That was a nightmare right there. Nightmare. I could ask my cousin because my cousin got sacked by him a bunch of times too. <laughs> hey, Toll, man, it wasn't like taking uh, – I'd never been hit harder in my life than when Lawrence Taylor would come off the edge. So, yeah. Belichick has the respect of a lot of players around the league, but I don't think he's going to say, hey, I'm just going to give this young guy all the toys in the toy store until he can prove that he can produce with what's in front of him now. Right? Like, you don't get the dessert before the, the food. So, these big-time receivers and all that and everything like that and so forth, that. I mean, that, sound, that sounds good. But what if it doesn't work? What if the quarterback can't handle it? Now, what if you have a receiver that gets discon- becomes a discontent and starts exuding behavior on the field that just doesn't fly, going off, because the quarterback can't get it together with him, or he doesn't like the calls that are coming in from O'Brien? I mean, he has had a problem with a receiver before. So... Work with what you got. 
Make sure the quarterback, because I think that's part of what last year was. That's why I don't think the conversation about, hey, last year was kind of a throwaway year. No. You had to see how your quarterback would handle the most adverse situation. And it even included injury, right? So kudos to Mac. He came back from injury and looked better as the season went on from Thanksgiving on. Mac wasn't that bad looking outside of, well, a couple of games. I'm just trying to I'm trying I'm trying to put paint some sunshine on this thing, right? Late night KJ WEEI 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. We wrap the show next. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah! Done! Let that rock, Joe! Let that rock! Gotta get out of here on some energy. Late night, W-E-E-I. KJ, thank you so much for hanging out for the last hour 50 minutes. If you missed any of the show, if you've been here just for five minutes, I talked about the Celtics and how if they don't handle the Knicks tomorrow night, it's going to be ugly Saturday against the Lakers. So they got to get it together. That, That loss in Miami last night could have been avoided or could have not mattered if they taken care of Orlando the night before. Um, yeah, Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, thanks for, for inducting pretty much watching paint dry in with Scott Rowland. And Scott Rowland kind of is going to introduce kind of the, okay, you played baseball long enough, you're in. And guys like Dwight Evans, who deservedly should be in there, my gosh. One year with a different team, all those years, right field, gold gloves, silver slugger awards, not in because of the math, the way it works. Like once you drop a little 5%, you can never be on the ballot again. And the whole argument was, hey, here's a stat that you don't see people factoring into whether you put someone in the Hall of Fame. Love. Did you love seeing them? Did you make an appointment to make sure you saw what they were about to do? Did they do something that you had people talking about the next day? I don't remember too many people talking about Scott Rowland picking something behind third base and throwing someone out at first. That's really what you got. Also with the Patriots, the addition of Bill O'Brien, some think it's a perfect fit. I think perfect is too big of a word. It's really Bill Belichick getting his culture back (laughs) and the clock ticking on Mac Jones. And we took a look at where, where Mac Jones kind of sits in the AFC quarterback hierarchy. And, uh, it's not towards the top. So missed any of that? The Odyssey app is free. Type in W-E-E-I. It'll bring you right here. Uh, you can play shows that you've missed. You rewind them. It even about breaking down the chapters and so forth. I don't know if it does it for this show, but I know it does for other shows. Okay, about an hour ago, I said I had something to tell you. And what I have to tell you is Friday night will be the last show of KJ Late Night here on W-E-E-I. So tomorrow night and Friday night, we kind of do a look back. I'll get more into it as the days go on. But um, that is the news, is that there will be no more me at late night starting next week. So Friday is the last show of me at this time. So I want to be able to take the time to say thank you and laugh about some things that happened in the past as well. And then, of course, I've got to send you out in a nice treat. So that comes Friday. So Tomorrow, 10 p.m., the second-to-last KJ Late Night on WEEI. Joe, are you ready? Last one for me. Yeah, the last one for you. That's why I kind of said thank you to Andrew last night because Andrew is not on the schedule for the rest of the week. So it's you tomorrow night. Like, we still have one more Would You Rather More Likely To Either Or. There's still another one of those left. Oh, man, i got to get full energy then. I'm going to be practicing all during the day. You don't do all that. 
the, the show has never been that serious so much that it says, you know, I'm trying to win a Peabody Award. And they go, no, a Peabody. I said, no, it's a Peabody Award. I don't know what you're talking about with some Peabody. Who's Mr. Peabody? Isn't that like some cartoon or something? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the Peabody Award. So, you know, look, I, ironically, I think my very first show was two years ago this month. The date's already passed like the 15th. So it's been two years. Um, I won't go over every single day of things. You'll still get like, you know, the stuff that's happening like in real time. It's not going to be like, oh man, this guy's not even talking about like the, the next, the Knicks game. Like, yeah, that's still going to be talked about, but interspersed. It will be kind of like a, <laughs> you remember that and so forth. So, yep. Tomorrow night is the second to last night of KJ Late Night here on WEI. And Friday night will be the final night of KJ Late Night here on WEI. Did the music the music bed I get? Oh look! Oh, so here's here's something I had to, I had to I had to put put by you here. <laughs> so, um, so today I'm and I don't know. Like I've been a food I've been like this food thing right, and I've learned that sauerkraut is really good for you. So do you eat sauerkraut? I do not know. Really? So sauerkraut's supposed to give you like this thing called K two, like a lot of K two, and like I take Tudka and stuff like this and everything. I'm really working on all those years of you know giving my order through a speaker. And then picking it up from a window like that. I'm like, I got to get these toxins out. Right. And so I eat some of the um, sauerkraut today and it was like in a bag. And I, I, I'm i looking at the deadline of it. I'm like, OK, I've got time. It's like 2024, maybe somewhere like that. But when I ate it today, it was just like, ooh, the sauerkraut doesn't really taste as good like it should. And now I'm kind of concerned, like if you eat something that's supposed to be good for your stomach and then goes bad. Does it then now become like really, really bad for your stomach? Ah, I'm just wondering. I'm sure it's only like maybe like a 24 hour thing, like like food poisoning or something. It'll just like it has <laughs> oh, to great. pass That's through a, or something. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, so I should wait for the sweats and chills and shaking the <laughs> no, bed for I a little bit. <laughs> I don't mean if it's exp- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, not gonna po- die. You're not yeah, gonna it, die. It has the word poisoning in it. All right. Remember, follow at W E E I on Twitter at K J Carson on Twitter as well. The last two shows of KJ Late Night, Thursday and Friday. Talk to you again tomorrow night, 10 p.m. See ya! We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.